the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Today from Philip DeCourcy on Know the Truth. The Christian who takes the demonology of the Bible seriously can confront temptation and evil knowing that Christ has already defeated the forces of evil and their ultimate doom is assured. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. And someday... All things will be put under Jesus' feet, including Satan. Welcome to Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd. You've probably seen cartoons of the devil, a snickering character wearing a red leotard with a tail, a pitchfork, and two horns on his head. Or maybe you've seen the devil depicted as a charming gentleman in a slick suit. Well, these images don't really do Satan justice. He's a powerful spiritual being who's out to destroy us. Today, Philip DeCourcy explains the true nature of our battle with Satan in a message titled, Who the Devil Is He? The series is entitled, Speak of the Devil. Now let me say right away, I would rather ignore him and his demonic hosts. I don't wish to give him a scintilla of publicity, but the reality is we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. We do wrestle against a figure called Satan, and the principalities and powers that serve him. And we have no option but to engage this idea and this truth. In fact, the Bible never encourages me to ignore him. Be sober. Be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion. And the Bible reminds me that we're not ignorant of his devices. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, listen to the words of the apostle Paul. Speaking to the Corinthians, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. An interesting Greek word, the word devices, it means stratagems. We're not ignorant of his strategies. We're not ignorant of his schemes. The Bible alerts us to his MO. The Bible is an intelligence briefing in many ways on Satan his strengths, his history, his weapons, his whereabouts, his plans, his activities. Good, sound doctrine of Satan. Seeing him for who he is, but not making him more than he is, will help us when talking about our encounters with evil and darkness. The fact is that most of us will never deal with the Satan directly in our whole lifetime. Amen to that. We may have to deal with individual spirits or demon oppression sent by Satan, 
But it's going to be a rare case when you and I deal directly with Him. And the reason I say that is that He's not omnipresent. Remember what we said? He's powerful, but not omnipotent. He's smart, but He's not omniscient. And He goes up and down the earth. He's mobile, but He's not omnipresent. We must not attribute the attributes of God to Him. And that means, by inference, that He can only be in one place at a time. In fact, according to Revelation 12, verses 7 through 12, in the middle of the tribulation, He'll be banned from heaven, and He will be limited to the earth, one place at a time. In fact, here's the thought maybe you haven't reflected on. We're only given two examples of Jesus Himself ever addressing Satan directly. You can read about that in Matthew 4, verse 10, and you can read about that in Mark 8, verse 33. And I would take from that that we have no warrant in the Bible for addressing Satan. You know, get behind me, Satan. And I rebuke you, Satan. In fact, it's interesting, in Jude verse 9, Michael, the archangel, doesn't rebuke Satan. He says, the Lord rebuke you. This whole rebuking ministry is bogus too. The chances of you running into Satan, here's the odds, six billion to one on any given day. <laughs> I like those odds, don't you? You know, he's got bigger fish to fry than you or me, more than likely. Robert Louis Stevenson, the writer, said, you know the Caledonian railway station in Edinburgh? One cold east windy morning, I met Satan there. Newsflash, unlikely, unlikely. Of all the places and of all the people Satan could have picked, he picked Robert Louis Stevenson somewhere in Edinburgh that day. Unlikely. The odds are good. Six billion to one. By the way, even if he should make a target out of you or me, according to Job chapter 1 verse 10, he can't get anywhere near us unless God removes the hedge. I like that. So don't go through your life looking over your shoulder. You know, Satan made me do it. I rebuke Satan. Let's get a balance in this. Let's get a biblical perspective. You know, a study of Satan helps us see that people are not the enemy. And this is very important that you and I grasp this. People are not the enemy. We tend to pick on certain people in our culture and make them the poster children for evil. We've got to be very careful with that. I'm not saying that people or certain groups of people can't be instruments of the evil one. But a good sign demonology would remind us of something very fundamental. Ephesians 6 verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In fact, go to this verse in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26. It's a verse you need to look at. You probably haven't looked at it for a while. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 26. I'll read it. Paul is speaking here, speaking of those without God, that they may come to their own senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. He's the puppet master. In the game of chess, they are his pawns, so to speak. And while I want to be aware that indeed people can become conduit for evil, 
the operating principle is that we need to look beyond people and see the sinister minister himself. Satan blinds. Satan binds, cheats, and kills people. He's the destroyer, according to Revelation 9, verse 11. He's an angel of light, according to 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3, or crafty, when he blinds the minds of those who believe not. Behind our visible enemies of flesh and blood are an army of spiritual and invisible adversaries. And we need to hear that. The church has become angry, spiteful and hateful towards certain people. And I think that's unbecoming of the saints of God. The next time you look at someone who's doing something you find abhorrent and maybe cheerleading something within our culture we know is destructive, I don't want us to become so neutral that we're ineffective, but you know what? They're being taken captive by Satan to do as well. And maybe, friends, you and I need to remind ourselves, have we forgot ourselves? There go I, but for the grace of God. Oh, it's our joy to be able to say that he delivered us from the kingdom of darkness. And he has placed us into the kingdom of his dear son. But that's grace, my friend. You didn't deserve it. You didn't merit it. You didn't think it up. That was God sovereignly setting his love on you who were once dead in sin. You once walked according to the course of this world. You were once a child of disobedience. Have you forgot it? As you go about picking fights with all of those who are held captive by His will, point the finger in the right direction. Look beyond the flesh and blood figure. Let's take issue with Him. Let's do battle with Him and His forces. Have you forgot yourself, and have you forgot this truth? that people are not the enemy. When I was at Trinity for one of my doctoral classes, one of the professors preached a message on Matthew 9, verses 35 to 38, which was about Jesus looking on the people, and his heart burst with compassion because they were what? Sheep without a shepherd. And he had a simple outline. Do you see as Jesus sees? Do you feel as Jesus feels? Do you do what Jesus did? But that thought, do you see as Jesus sees? They're sheep without a shepherd. They're prey to the wolves of Satan himself and the hordes of hell. Maybe a little bit more compassion and a lot less condemnation would be befitting the church of Jesus Christ in the culture. Listen to these words by David Roper in a very good book on Elijah I read some years ago. Men and women who embody evil are not the enemy. They are the victims of the enemy, taken captive to do his will. Life is like a Punch and Judy show. When the puppet villain puts in an appearance, we can tongue lash him and hurl rocks at him or take him out with a club. But what have we accomplished? The man behind the curtain will simply place another puppet on the stage and begin to pull the strings once again. Far better to go behind the scenes and take out the puppeteer. It's a good word. Here's another benefit. Study of Satan helps equip us for the last days. It helps equip us for the last days. You say, Pastor, where did you get that thought? Well, over in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, I want you to listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. 
The last days will be marked by increased demonic activity and captivity. In fact, if you go back to Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is addressing a question posed to him by his disciples. What will be the sign of your coming? Jesus talks about birth pains, the things that will indicate that the delivery of the kingdom is near at hand. And he says in Matthew 24, verse 5, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. My friend, here we believe that the church will not go through the great tribulation, but those that do will face an increase in demonic activity. We read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9 these words. Speaking of the Antichrist, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Just as there was a spike in demonic activity around the first coming, I believe there will be a spike in demonic activity around the second coming. And as surely as we're bumping up against those days in our day, our study of Satan will help us navigate these increasingly deceptive and difficult times. It'll help us on the one hand because we won't be as shaken when we see what's unfolding all around us. It's going according to the script. Men are getting worse and worse. And Satan is having his last fling. Plus, as we discern the Scriptures concerning him, what's true and what's false, reminding ourselves that he can be transformed into an angel of light, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14. This study will help us not to be duped. Augustine called the devil God's ape. He's got his own theology. He's got a doctrine of demons, according to 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. He's got his own ministers, according to 2 Corinthians 11, verses 4 through 5. He's got his own church. We read about the synagogue of Satan in Revelation 2, verse 9. He's got his own trinity, the devil, the beast, and the false prophet. He's got his own sacrificial system, the sacrifice of pagans, according to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 20. He's got his own gospel, according to Galatians 1, verses 7 through 8. His own throne, according to Revelation 13, verse 2. He's got false Christs, false prophets, and false apostles. These are deceptive and difficult days, and hopefully our study in Satan will help us to be careful, not to be gullible about prophecies, miracles, angel sightings, visits to heaven and hell. There's a lot of bogus stuff going on. This is a deceptive age. We need to be discerning, and hopefully this series will help us. John MacArthur, my friend and mentor, said at the Master's Seminary graduation this year, the greatest need in the church is discernment, and the greatest problem in the church is lack of discernment. The church is dying 10,000 ways because of spiritual aids. Our spiritual and theological immunity system has been compromised. And hopefully as we give you a sound theology of Satan, that you will indeed be strengthened and fortified in these last days. Listen, our study of Satan strengthens our faith. Listen, acceptance of a biblical view of Satan and his minions precludes a defeatist attitude in the face of evil. We can get discouraged, can't we? 
We look around us, nothing to be excited about in many ways. But no matter how bad it gets, we know for us it's going to get better. God has got Satan on a leash. Listen to these words by Sidney Page in his book, The Power of Evil. Good words. The Christian who takes the demonology of the Bible seriously can confront temptation and evil knowing that Christ has already defeated the forces of evil and their ultimate doom is assured. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. Satan was defeated on the cross. He was disarmed. He was made a spectacle of. The resurrection sent out a message of Christ's victory. And that is assured. And someday, according to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 27, at the end, all things will be put under Jesus' feet, including Satan. Read about it in Revelation 20. When Jesus returns, Satan is bound. Jesus reigns for a thousand years. Towards the end of it, Satan is released. He tries to deceive the nations once again, and he's done for, and he's cast into the lake of fire. God's the eternal jailer, remember. That's the closing message of the Bible. He's had it. He's kaput. That's why Paul says to the Romans in Romans 16, verse 20, he says, hey, be encouraged, because soon enough, Satan will be crushed under your feet. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14, Jesus leads us always in triumph. Not a lot of defeatism in that, is there? The gates of hell will not prevail. The church will be built. The redeemed will be saved. The full number of the elect will be gathered in. And then Jesus will come for his people and carry us off home. And Satan will be dealt with. That's the message of the Bible. That's the ending. In the end, we win. One of the most critical verses in your Bible is Genesis 3, verse 15. You want to understand the world in which you live? You want to understand why the Jew has been persecuted through all of history? Because God promised through the seed of the woman, someone would come and crush the head of the serpent. And Satan has tried to stymie that plan. He's tried to murder the seed of the woman. Understand your Bible, Genesis 3, verse 15. The fall comes, but where do we end up? Genesis begins with God creating the first heaven and the first earth, which is eventually cursed by sin. In Revelation 21, verse 1, God creates a new earth and a new heaven wherein righteousness dwells and sin is nowhere to be found. God creates light and separates it from the darkness. Genesis 1, verses 3 through 5. In the end, no more night, no more natural light. God himself is the light, according to Revelation 21, verse 23. Satan introduces sin into the world in Genesis 3. Satan and sin are judged in Revelation 19 and 20. Satan deceives humanity in Genesis 3, and the ancient serpent is bound and kept from deceiving the nations in Revelation 20. Death enters the world, Genesis 3. Death is put to death in Revelation 20. In the end, we win. He loses. You've got to keep that in mind. In one of his books, Max Lucado tells the story of that movie, Ben-Hur. Who hasn't seen Ben-Hur? You know? Maybe some 15-year-old who's too busy texting. But the rest of us, we're, we've, we've seen it. All right? We've all seen it. It's a great movie. Although it's so unbiblical. But it's a great movie. <laughs> you know the scene. 
You know, maybe it's, maybe it's the scene I like, I'm, you know, being a, a boy. It's the, it's the chariot race, you know? I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. Well, according to Max Licato, while that was being made and filmed, Charlton Heston comes to the director, Cecil B. DeMille, and talks about, hey, you know, I'm struggling here to ride these chariots. And so he sends them off for some lessons in it and helps them master the craft of being a charioteer. And after a while, Charlton Heston comes back and he says to the director, Cecil B. DeMille, you know what, I'm better than I was, but there's no way I'm going to ride this chariot and win. To which the director says, Cecil B. DeMille, you stay in the race and I'll make sure you win. (laughs) What a word to the church in the light of all that's going on around us. Maybe this old world, who knows, is in the throes of death. For the Christian, it's birth pangs for a new kingdom. Satan's hard at work. But you know what? God has said to us, in the triumph of Jesus Christ, you stay in the race, and I'll make sure you win. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ for his death, his burial, and his resurrection, for his present ascension, for his intercessory prayers, for his coming again in power and glory. Lord, ours is a triumphant faith. Ours is a victorious faith in Jesus Christ. We're not, Lord, cowering like some child hiding from the neighborhood bully when it comes to Satan. We're not some soldier on the eve of a great battle feeling overwhelmed by the power that lies across the battle lines. Lord, we take him seriously because he's a serious figure in the biblical drama. But we realize that he has submitted to your will and purposes. We thank you that through your indwelling spirit, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We thank you that on Calvary's cross, Jesus set a detonation that will indeed mean his final destruction at the second coming. Lord, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. We thank you for that fact. And we pray that our interest would be sustained. And we pray that over this series of studies, we will see the benefits we have talked about. Bless each and every soul, young and old. Help us to rejoice in our Savior. Help us to feel secure in His victory. Help us to know that in the end we win. Help us to stay in the race and cross the finish line by Your grace, for Your glory. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We're studying a bit of a serious topic today, the devil. But as Philip DeCourcy just reminded us, we're fighting from a place of victory. To hear this message again or send it to a friend, download the audio file from our website or purchase the message on CD. Look for the series called Speak of the Devil when you go to ktt.org. While you're on our website, you'll notice that Philip has picked out a book by Warren Wiersbe that fits perfectly with our Speak of the Devil series. The title of the book is The Strategy of Satan, How to Detect and Defeat Him. And we'd like you to have a copy of this helpful study guide. You're invited to request the book, The Strategy of Satan, when you give a donation of $20 or more to Know the Truth. Call right now, 888-644-8811, or give online at ktt.org. And there's another way you can get a copy of this resource while supporting Know the Truth. 
A growing number of listeners have chosen to join our Truth Ambassador team by giving a monthly donation of $25 or more. Signing up to become a Truth Ambassador is a convenient way to stand alongside us all year long. Call 888-644-8811 or sign up at ktt.org. And when you contact us with your donation, don't forget to ask for the book, The Strategy of Satan. And if it's the first time you've contacted us, we also invite you to request a bookmark we've designed to go along with Dr. Wearsby's book. It's based on Philip's upcoming series titled Speak of the Devil. The bookmark describes the three keys to overcoming temptation. Get the free bookmark when you call 888-644-8811 or go to ktt.org. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd, signing off today, but come back tomorrow for more spiritual insights for detecting and resisting the enemy. That's coming up right here, Friday, on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-290-7100. That's 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100. Dr. Sebastian. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.